Hello everyone and welcome to Brew Sessions with Fiction Tea. You all thinking who am I? I'm an Indian girl in my 20s who has a lot of thoughts going on in her head and for the first time in 15 years decided to put my thoughts out. This podcast is for anyone who's going through life clueless and feels is there anyone else like me? Well, I am. I come out with episodes bi-weekly. Now, grab your tea and let's talk about something. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. Today with us we have a very special guest, one of my greatest friends of all time. He is really the goat, our very own reality. Just to give a bit of background, Reality and I have been friends since bachelors. But that's where our similarities end. After that I took a more academic route and he took a let's say a more unconventional route which is music. He has definitely helped me improve my music taste and uh, but he might say that it's still a long way to go. Our relationship has become more than just friendship. especially over the past few years i would say not just a regular listener of the podcast but an active producer please welcome reality reality would you like to say hi to our listeners hi everyone this is reality here thanks fiction tea for having me and i just want to let all the listeners know that yeah that fiction tea's music taste has not improved over the years at all uh, i've been trying to work at it but to know well i knew you would say that i knew i knew that that's what i said that you would not agree to this but well that day might come that you will agree that my music taste has improved until then let's just keep on working yeah i mean there's still time till somebody puts a gun to my head and asks me to say that your taste has improved but till that time let's Let's hope that day is not anywhere near. <laughs> so let's deep dive into the episode. So I know that you have been involved with music since a very young age. There has been influence of music. I know that a lot of musicians have been have an influence of music through the either the family they have some family background, or the or the culture is such that that they were exposed to music from a very young age. But your journey. since i know has been very different it's been a very regular household with uh, teachers and professors as parents and but somewhere deep down you got influenced by music so much that you wanted to take it up so i want to talk about what exactly prompted you to take up music and think about that maybe yeah this is where i would like to go ahead and make a career out of it yeah okay so I definitely did not grow up in like a musical household by any means. Uh, my family has been like just any other regular middle class family. We watch movies, listen to music through like Bollywood movies, but there hasn't really ever been an inclination towards listening to a lot of music from outside of whatever is on the mainstream. So, uh, my interest in music. started off uh, when i was i think 6 years old when i started taking lessons for the first time 
and that was pretty good my teachers used to be very encouraging and they used to say that uh you should keep on continue to doing this you're good at it you might have a future in it and so i kept on going at it when i was uh, in sixth standard that would be like at the age of 11 is when i started taking music a little more seriously and i started participating in school activities and like playing the keyboard at uh, various different places uh had a band in school i used to play with my friends we all used to like pick up our favorite songs from whether it's indian artists or whether it's like some western artists and we would just sing our heart out and that for me was the best time that i was ever having in my school or in my uh, life otherwise i was academically not bad i was say like i was i was an above average student i used to score But well i would refrain from that i think you were definitely more than above average because we were in the same college after 12 so that says a lot about your academic background it has to be great because i believe my background was good so that's there i mean you can always say something to like make yourself feel better about yourself but ah, you know. okay okay <laughs> Somebody who definitely brought the big guns out. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, for our listeners, uh, this is just usual banter that we have all the time, where we like I do not let her feel good about herself, and she does the same. Although she's trying to be real nice here right now. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So when I was a teenager, and just like anybody else who's going through adolescence, you have your raging hormones at the peak of uh, their levels and their influence music definitely became like the most uh, influential and the most uh, i would say the most efficient way for me to cope with whatever was happening at that point of time so uh, whatever songs i would listen to i would shove my headphones in and just like sort of air guitar or sometimes uh, imagine myself singing or sometimes i would just hum the melodies of the song by myself uh sometimes i would just bang my pillow like as if i'm the drummer or something so music has definitely served as an escape in that regards and it has been the one thing that i've emotionally bonded over with a lot Uh, in those formative years so when i was around 16 17 years old and uh, like at that point of time i had taken up sciences in school as my subjects and uh, i had plans to go to an engineering college and i wanted music to be a part of my life in some way but i didn't know if i would try and make a career out of it at that point of time or not because as it is for anybody else um So, so as you mentioned that music has been a great coping mechanism for you great way of escape i understand that you know even while growing up uh, you know around the teenage years a lot of us i i think it's a lot related to the kind of environment that we have the kind of um, relationship that we have with our parents the kind of stress schools put on us we don't essentially get a, an escape you know like when you grow up let's say you're in college you do get an escape in the sense like you go and you have more freedom that ways but in school you don't have that sort of freedom and that's where you definitely need a coping mechanism so has i want to talk about like has music been 
your attraction to music has been more of as a way to deal with stress and that's why you thought that maybe i should you know that's why that's why you got more involved into it and uh, that's why you thought that maybe i should take a career out of it or maybe it was just from what i can understand wasn't the beauty of music or it wasn't the intricate different artists which involved which attracted you more rather it was just the escape part which made you feel that maybe i maybe which sparked your interest and which made you feel that maybe i should take and think of a career out of it yeah so the thing was that i think uh, one way to put it is that you get attracted to any art form maybe in whatever way it helps you so for me i was just uh, at that point of time this is what i used to do this is what i used to like there's a part of you that uh, likes knowing that you know you're good at something yeah so sort of attaches your identity true. as well yes so if that is what it was for me as like a musician i got attached to that idea but then there's obviously uh, you start looking more into the stories of like musicians and how their lives have been you start listening to more different kinds of music and where it comes from and yes. what effect it has it has had in the world so uh music has been a tool to talk about peace about all different kinds of issues in the world yes that's true yes. music has almost uh, led to uh, aspects of uh, international diplomacy now so that's a lot to say that music has effect in every every aspect of our life and every aspect of the world well do you have any from what i know that you play the piano uh do you have any particular artists which you like more than others uh, when it comes to playing the piano or any particular bands you like and why do you like them yeah so um as for the bands that i like so i grew up on a huge diet of rock music when i was growing up that's the thing that me and my friends listen to and i think that's usually what happens when you know somebody plays the guitar somebody plays the drums or other instruments that you can play so uh, you tend to find more of uh, whatever it is that you can play yourself and that's, that's how you get attracted to those things uh, one of my favorite bands today and it's always going to be this case is led zeppelin yeah and... i i think i started listening to led zeppelin because of you people like you and another friend of ours she used to mention led zeppelin so much that i started listening to led zeppelin and uh i think it it's that movie thor right in thor yeah uh, where they have one of the immigrant songs immigrant song. song yes yes i remember i was mis- i was watching thor thor the third part ragnarok and i recognized that song so i was very happy that i did but yes um, i believe from what i've seen is technology has played a major role in the kind of the way music industry in totality has been shaped now like earlier you needed four people to make one song one would be a drummer some guitarist a lead singer this that i think now with the advent of technology especially in music one person can make the whole song they can one person can record the song sing one person can make the music put everything produce compose do everything so I, what do you what do you have to say about that because there are a lot of debates on that in the sense you know there are a lot of elitist i would call them who get up and say that uh, this sort of electronic music is so electronic and electronically synthesized that it feels 
unnatural and as it's only the yeah. bands or the songs which were made in the 80s or 90s or even before that was the true music what do you feel when people say that it's because you have been in this industry where you have yeah. yourself produced music so what do you what do you say about that yeah i've had that phase as well where i used to worship the older musicians they sort of like crap on the newer ones and so always look down upon pop music and all those things as i've learned more about the process of creating music i've realized no matter who you are wherever you are and like whatever level of music musicianship you are at it's always difficult to create a new song and complete it and like put it all out there and have it in a way that makes people groove to it uh whether it's again like a john bonham who was the drummer of let's zeppelin smashing his drums somewhere or whether it's a brand new dualipa track that makes people dance uh you need good musicians to create good music at the end of the day that's the only distinction between people like between the categories of music it is good and is bad the bad music can be elitist it can be something that doesn't move anybody but it's there it can be some it can also be something that's just made for commercial purposes uh where it's only supposed to be popular it's only trying to sell something whether that's an idea or a lifestyle or just like the image of an artist or whatever else it is but my take on it today is that uh i or nobody else gets to decide what somebody else uh, thinks of music or how it moves them it's like if i yeah. say the color red then you and i are not thinking of the same color that's even though i'm saying the color red people this way the industry has become more inclusive also a lot of people who didn't have access to all of these things just through a computer they can sit at one place make some music whatever they have an idea and just put it out there and as you said at the end of the day it's not about electronic or uh, natural it's about good and bad music even today we can make good music whatever be the process so it does not depend however technology you bring into the entire process at the end of the day it's if you can use it and can make good music which can make people move i think that that's a good job that's good enough and that's how i think it should be also so going back to the old era of uh, metal band and rock bands i think everyone when they think about music that's the first thing they think about you know that image where people are rock rock and roll this that going out touring i think that's how people think when they think about the music about somebody about someone who's in music or playing or maybe playing an instrument that's how people think about there's active socialization people performing at different gigs but from what i know from your background and since i've been in close association with you i i feel it's a little different it's not like that active rock and roll anymore or maybe it was never the case i don't know so what do you so what is exactly an average musician how is their life exactly like how much time they spend on practicing on connecting networking so what does it look like yeah so um it is definitely not a glamorous uh first of all like i would say when you are idealizing somebody's life 
you're probably seeing something in the media that they want you to idolize and they want you to sort of think of as being a very glamorous life and uh, a lot of times i feel like drawing a parallel to somebody else's career may- helps to create that uh, distinction as to what is actually happening and so if you think of let's say models we all like to think that models must have really glamorous lives but if you are like a runway model who's working for the biggest designers or something then there's a huge expectation on you to stay fit and to be in that body frame that is expected out of you but when models start out they start out young uh there are also women most of the times young women who are you know objectified and like uh taken advantage of and a lot of people who are constantly hitting on them and i don't know how it is for like a 16 17 18 year old girl to go through all of that and what it does to their mind so basically uh, you're trying to... to say that a musician's life is not as glamorous as it looks like yeah it's definitely not there's a lot of time that you have to spend practicing there's a lot of time you have to spend going from one gig one place to the other there's a lot of money and like resources you need to get access to just to be able to play well so you know uh like instruments don't cost cheap good instruments will cost you a lot whatever equipment you're trying to use will cost you a lot uh as for like performing you can enjoy the performing part of it but the logistics of it are not fun like lugging your stuff around from one place to the other in the middle of the day or in the middle of the night is not uh, really that fun then there's also the financial aspect of it which definitely troubles a lot of people because to make it as a musician and to make it like to make a career in it most people and this is like true for 90% musicians that i know they have to do a bunch of different things they might have a regular job and do music on the side or they might be teaching music they might be taking up different roles they might have some other talents of theirs that they are putting out or using to uh basically give them some stability in life which lets them go on with the music thing so for the people who really make it to the top and can just have their whole life based around playing music that's like 0.1% of all the people who try and do it and i'm not one of them like, okay so but they make they take up a lot of i mean even though they have a lion's share of they have the yeah. nice you know like all the resources and all Life the money and yes, all the clamor and everything yeah i get that yeah, but even for them it's not that easy because uh even if you're somebody as big as arman or shankar madevan you still have pressures to deal with obviously and you need to have a team in place and you need to do a lot of things and even for those people today uh making music by itself doesn't pay them that much in the way considering the way the industry is structured today uh because albums and cds don't sell we all listen to music on youtube spotify apple music or whatever other subscription service we are using and those services do not pay the musicians that much so for all musicians when they when it comes to earning a living they have to take up live sound they have to take up live performances as their main source of income So I want to talk about live performances. So if uh, since you're part of a band, how much do you think a band can earn in a month or maybe like on an average how much does one gig pay? And 
even if you work too much, work full time as a band, then how many gigs can you pack in a month? And you know, just give us an estimate. How does it look like? So, uh, uh, over the last two years, it has been really hard for any band or any musician to perform because venues have been closed, COVID restrictions have been there, and all those things. Before that, uh, yeah, you could play and earn a like a decent living, but in terms of what a band is paid, is highly dependent on where they're playing. So a restaurant or any like restaurant or cafe that you're playing at will not pay you a lot of money, but it can be a fun thing to do at night where you can go and play for a couple of hours and make a few thousand bucks. But if you're looking at earning some really good amount of money, then it's mostly private gigs for that. So that could be a wedding gig. It could be a corporate gig. It could be you playing at some huge, like a five-star hotel, like a Leela or something. Those are the places where you might get paid well. But those uh, events don't happen as frequently as you might think they do. And, there's, and it's also seasonal because, of course, like in India, we have a wedding season that starts somewhere in November and goes on to February where you'll see every band is busy and they're playing every other day, but then there's just nothing to do from March to like June. And then they are looking around for other gigs. So there's a lot of this uh, back and forth. There's a lot of this feast and famine that goes on. Uh, so for any musician to sort of make a decent living, they have to get into the cyclical habit of dealing with all these uncertainties. So from what I've understood is that there's a lot of struggle. You struggle for years. You have to be okay with being out of work for good months. You have to be okay with taking up some side gigs and side freelancing jobs. But when you make it, you make it big. I think, And that's what motivates people to enter this industry. And that's what gives them hope at the end of the day. That, okay, I'll deal with the struggle. I'll deal with this for years. I have a passion, yes. But when I make it, I might just be minting money. And do you think this this sort of hope is reasonable? Yeah, I think uh, when most people start off, that's what we all imagine. When we're young, we'd like to imagine that we'd be the next rock stars and the next, uh, you know, stars of the world who go on this huge stage and just raise their fists and everybody's screaming and like 100,000 people are in the stadium cheering for you. And that's a good dream to have. And a few people do make it, and it's great when they do. Like, it's good to see somebody who starts right at the bottom playing in, like, the crappiest of venues and just banging it out and then building their fan base and sort of go up and up and up and up and find their own space at the top. Uh, but in terms of does everybody make it, does everybody have the same motivations? I don't think that's the case. For some people, they sort of, they like the balance of whatever they've found. They might feel that, you know, I like performing every once in a while, but I don't want to do this full time. And I'm happy teaching some people about music or maybe doing some other job or maybe uh, they might explore different career options like I have where they become music producers or audio engineers and they sort of start working in different parts of the industry that are not necessarily about playing music or making music by yourself. Uh, this is, I want to point this out. So as you talk about uh, working as a music producer. So from what I've understood is that now there are two parts where uh, people can work in. One can work in the live performance business and there are people who can work in uh, 
you might call it the back end jobs or what do you, what do you want to call that so okay so i'll put it this way for anybody who like who's not a musician who's not interested like related to the industry in any way you listen to a piece of music and when you what you're listening to in a song is this whole thing that is being pushed to you it has a lot of sounds it has a lot of instruments coming in and it has a lot of people playing that those instruments you might recognize the voice you might recognize who's playing the guitar or who's playing the drums but there are still a lot of people involved in making everything sound as it does to you so that's where people like audio engineers and producers and all come in so audio engineers might be responsible in first of all recording things well then uh, they might be mixing engineers who take all of these recorded parts and put them together then they might be mastering engineers who take these uh, put together songs and then when the final album has to be put out they will do this final quality check and make sure that everything sounds consistent and up to a quality mark that is a uh, like a industry level standard that they that the artist needs to meet so you might have a lot of these different roles where you play around with and you might and everybody sort of hops around on those roles like some people they really like playing music and that's what they want to involve themselves in so they might just work towards playing music and maybe teaching music to supplement their income some people take up audio engineering work or music production work and some people do other things as well so uh, there is no strict bifurcation in the industry that if you do this then you can't do that you okay, can also so a lot of around. people who are performing are also working as music engineers because at the end of the day a person who performs does understand music and yeah. when you understand music you can mix it well you can master it in all of those things and once you do that you then you also understand about how performing works so definitely these are not two different these are not mutually exclusive at the end of the day these yeah. are these are jobs yeah and from what i understood is that um it does not just work in music only as if you work as a audio producer as a music producer then you can work in different areas as well you can work in let's say movies or as you said that you can work in games so so what do you think about live performance live performance versus i don't want to put compare these two but for you what do you think what works better live performance or working in sound engineering and uh, music composing what works for you better and why is the reason yeah easily for me uh, anything that involves a lot of people or in, a lot of social interaction is a no no for me that's part of like i remember in audio school when there was this one moment that i realized okay wait i can be a musician and i can work in a studio and studios are typically like closed dark spaces and you don't have a lot of people so you can work in isolation you usually have to work in isolation and that's why i was extremely attracted to that like oh wait i can be paid to be constantly alone and work on my own then this is it for me so i have personally had a lot of stage fright and i've never really been that comfortable being out there on stage so that's the choice that i have made with regards to my personality but i remember having extra really extroverted classmates in audio school who really loved performing live so they performed live and they became live sound engineers that's what they did i never so it's the personality felt... which drives people to choose Maybe yeah, it, it was your personality which drove you to maybe yeah. pick. I don't think. But is, is there anything was... else? But don't you feel that 
at the end of the performance you do want to hear the praises you do want to interact with people then as they tell you that you did a good job doesn't that drive you isn't that enough to make you want to perform live yeah so uh i haven't performed live a lot of times honestly i've only performed like twice or thrice in my life and that's also very recent so when i went out on stage with my band uh i was completely nervous and just thinking too much and worried too much and uh i honestly like at the end of the performance i felt good that i took it up as a challenge but i was also a little underwhelmed with like i didn't ex- the response that you got from the audience whether it's them cheering for you or like giving you a pat on the back later on it did not drive me as much as i thought it would and that's true for me at the moment in whatever phase i am in my life but that's not necessarily true for other people at whatever phase they might be in there are musicians i am lucky to play with musicians who are way more experienced so they are able to respond to those audiences way better and they are much more relaxed in their playing and they enjoy doing it uh they are they also understand like the inner workings of how all of this is and how when you're playing as a musician of your performing you're trying to entertain people that's a difficult word for for some musicians to take in when it comes to entertainment because they want it to be about the art or something but when you're performing you want your audiences to be engaged and you want your audiences to have a good time as well uh so they know that this is what matters and they're able to sort of respond to it and play around with that idea uh do you think you would be able to enjoy more if you're not nervous like if you do, if you're not feeling yeah definitely definitely if you just remove that self conscious part then you would be able to enjoy more yeah definitely if uh if i was on feeling as nervous as i am when i'm on stage or when i have been on stage then i would definitely enjoy it more and i and i think over the course of the next few performances that i'm supposed to be doing i will be able to get over it and whoever i've talked to they all think the same thing like no matter who you are no matter how big you are you're always a little nervous before you go on stage but you have to keep on doing it to get used to it there are two types of nervousness you know one is the nervousness which makes you sweat which makes you question and then there's another type of nervousness when especially when it comes to live performance and being in front of an audience which which puts you on your feet which gives you jitters and i believe that nervousness is important so making a distinction between those between those two types of nervousness is very important for anybody who's performing live or who's doing anything in front of an audience which expects them to be really out there so uh, the first nervousness not a good thing to have it just ruins you it ruins your performance it makes you doubt no point but the second one is good it keeps you on your feet it keeps you motivated it keeps you just like you know be on the spot act like that and i think uh if you just think about it maybe you know the kind of nervousness that you're having just making a distinction between those then maybe that will help and uh, yeah that's what i think uh, and you know i have something how i think about when it comes to things like being in front of an audience or being on stage or being out there what i feel about that is that it's not just your art which makes a difference 
it's not you can be the best pianist you can be the best drummer you can be the best singer but it's not like you will become famous or it's not like people will love you at the end of the day it's a lot has to do with the flair that you have on stage the kind of uh, attitude you have the way you handle the crowd i believe that has more to do with your art because that's what this business is at the end of the day it's a business of image it's a business of reputation and that's what motivates people to be associated with the kind of people they feel more relatable so maybe if you just stop thinking about what and how you play and start focusing on just being i won't say being yourself i won't say that you are an introvert don't be yourself i would say that be <laughs> create an image of yourself i would say create a, a whole aura about yourself think about the things that you are which makes you you and just pick on them just pick a few things about yourself and just try to accentuate that in your performance and maybe that will help a lot yeah definitely i agree with all of the things that you've mentioned with regards to cultivating your persona and cultivating your aura on stage i think i'm still in the process of it uh, i've had a lot of self doubt and like a lot of uh, questions about whether this is worth it this is what i like with rang growing with this or not uh, but my band members have been really supportive of this so like even a few days ago i was talking to uh, my band strummer about this and i was telling him that like you know uh, i feel a little underwhelmed i also feel nervous but like i don't know how to go about this and i don't know if i should continue with this and if it's going to be fruitful or not but props to him he told me and he sort of consoled me and comforted me but also told me that look you have to keep on working at this you can't uh sort of get out of this rut that you're experiencing very easily so it has to be a constant process and if you keep on doing it you'll evolve you push yourself out there push yourself out of your comfort zones and eventually you'll get there and i think that is true uh there has to be a certain amount of grit involved in how you're approaching this and you have to have the motivation and the discipline to constantly do it even when it's a little uncomfortable so that's true you know that's very true because contrary to popular belief passion and motivation doesn't just come out of it you're not blessed with it it does not come out of thin air it's not something oh, yeah. which comes out of like thin yeah it's, and it's something that you have to cultivate and keep on working on like i am going for a doctoral program there are times when i pa- question my passion for it there are times when i think about it i'll be spending good 5 years on it is it worth it do i even have the motivation for it but honestly this is what life is working is life you know at the end of the day you you would be let's say if you're a painter you love painting you love to draw you love to paint but if you want to work if you want to make money you just have to be you just have to keep on doing it at the end of the day it's just a job for you if you everything is a job you can't just keep on waiting for that godly moment where that initial you know inner passion strikes you and then you just do an amazing work no that does not work that never works so i think that applies to a lot yeah. of people 
Yeah. I think one of the people who inspire me a lot when it comes to something like this and doing things on a regular basis and just keep on going at it is the author Stephen King. Uh, for those who don't know, he's one of the most famous like horror and uh, fictional writers of our times. And he sits down to write five or six hours a day and he does not get up before he's done. So a lot of people just say that, you know, Stephen, how are you able to push out these huge books in such a small time? Or how is your writing so effortless? And how is your writing so good? Or how is it so creative or imaginative? And, he's, and he always says to them that I don't wait for motivation. I don't wait for things to happen. I just sit down every day, five hours, six hours, seven hours, whatever I have to do. I have a set uh, aim of whatever pages or words that I need to write. And I just do with it. And I don't constantly judge it. The first draft that he writes probably going to be trash the second one is just going to be slightly less trash than that but he'll keep on going at it keep on refining at it and you do that process enough times for enough time like for enough length and for enough duration of time and you get there and you'll eventually be one of the great ones or one of the good ones so i think that uh internalizing that idea and, and that virtue of how disciplined reputation of something is just going to help you out plays huge dividends in the long run. Yeah, that's true. At the end of the day, it's not your passion, your talent, your motivation which helps, but it's at the that long hours of hard work, those painful, bloody hours which makes <laughs> you all which you have to put in to be perfect or just to be good enough. That's what pays off at the end of the day. Very well said. So coming to the last segment of our episode. So reality, is there anything you would like to say to our listeners? Before you do, I would... So how this part, how this segment works is that I do not believe in giving advice. I do not even believe in taking advice from anyone. So I refrain from using words like should, must, could, well, could you can, must, don't even think about it. But uh, that's how it is. I believe at the end of the day, everyone's life is their own and they can do whatever they want. Uh, there's no set pattern. There's no set route. And uh, so what a person must or much should do is something which is completely pointless. So is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners? Okay, uh, there's a part of me that wants to be a rebel and just say, you should do this or you should do that. <laughs> but I'm going to try and respect the boundary that you're setting. And I'm just going to say uh, to anybody who's listening that, you know, you can try and define things on your own terms. Try and keep an open mind out there and just do your thing. Uh, there is no need for everything that you do to have a huge purpose, whether it's a monetary gain or a gain in social status or a gain in some sort of social acceptance. If you enjoy doing it, just do it. If you feel like creating something, create it. If you feel like putting something out there, put it. If you don't feel like doing it, don't. But just try and keep an open mind and soak up a lot of great things that exist around you and interact with them so have fun that's pretty Keeping much it. an open mind and having fun very well said 
with this we come to the end of our episode it's i would i have to say thanks a lot reality for bringing us some really important and important aspects to not just the music industry but how a person should even perceive life so thanks a lot for that and uh, it was great having you so thanks a lot yeah well thanks for having me and i hope your listeners enjoy some of the things that i've said if they don't then as i said like do what you want to <laughs> rightly said so with this we come to the end of the end of our episode thanks a lot everyone thanks for listening if you like this episode please like share and rate my episode and my podcast and please tell everyone who finds me relatable and our guest relatable to listen to my podcast now bye